Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 27. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike? Hey, I am pumped to be here, Big Bet Brent. I'm a little exhausted after a whirlwind divisional round weekend last weekend, but uh, but I'm, I've come back to earth and I'm ready to get championship weekend underway. I hear you, my man. These were the best four games in one weekend that I in my lifetime, for sure. And I'm not going to give up my universe. age. But yeah, this was incredible. It's going to be tough to top. Um, so we're casting this on Thursday. And for those uh, loyal listeners out there that want to skip straight ahead to the conference championship breakdown, I'm going to do some fancy editing so you can skip to 54-15. And you can get right to that if you want to. Otherwise, we're going to get into it. We're going to recap the NFL divisional round. We are coming at you from the Underdog Podcast Network. Mad Money Mike, I was just looking around. This is our one-year pod anniversary. Our Whoa. first pod one year ago was on the conference championship weekend. So congrats to us, huh? Oh, man. We have come, uh, we've come somewhere since then, you know? I listened to it a little bit and it was like, holy crap. I mean, like we're not, we're not claiming to be like great podcasters, but if you listen to our first pod, you can see what bad sounds or you can hear what bad sounds like. So, um, yeah, we've come a long way. It's great to have made it this one year and we are going to do a Super Bowl giveaway in celebration of our first year anniversary. Let's go. I'm hearing that we've got tons of loyal listeners out there. And I want to, we talked about this. Hey, we joined the Under, Underdog Podcast Network. We're going to give it back. And we are going to have a $50 giveaway. Dear loyal listeners, all you have to do is guess the ending score, guess the final score of the Super Bowl. You don't have to guess the teams. You don't have to guess who wins. You don't have to guess who loses. Just guess the final score. And who's ever closest will win $50 courtesy It's Lock Podcast in the Underdog Podcast Networks. All you have to do, email us. It's a lock podcast at gmail.com. No apostrophes. Just tell us what's the final score of the Super Bowl, and you have to have a nickname. If you don't send us like a cool nickname like Big Bet Brent or Mad Money Mike or DJ and Joe, you're, you're, you're not qualified. You are disqualified. <laughs> um, because ties will be decided by the funniest and the best nicknames. And let's get into recapping these divisional round games. What do you think? This is the biggest recap in the history of recaps. These games were absolutely bananas. Big Bet Brent, which game are we starting with? All four of these division round games were decided on the last play of the of the game. Three of them with game-winning walk-off field goals. And, of course, the Sunday nightcap with a walk-off overtime touchdown. This was the first weekend where the two number one seeds both fell in the division round since 2010. Mad Money Mike, that is 
11, 12 years ago. And we're going to start with the Saturday afternoon game, Bengals at Texans. I can promise you right now there is never, ever, ever, ever in the history of football or any other sport been a playoff bracket when you get down to the final eight teams where all four matches were decided on the last play. I promise you, ever, never. It's almost tinfoil hat worthy. But you know what? Let's not even go there, Big Man. Already? <laughs> Already with a tinfoil hat? Like, we hadn't even it? started talking about the games. How insane is it? Something's up, man. They're putting something in the water down there. All right, let's not go there yet. But uh, but listeners, stand by because tinfoil hats abound. So, yeah. So, are we starting with Bengals-Titans? Yes, sir. Cincinnati Bengals head into Tennessee. The Titans coming off a bye. The line closed on BovadaSportsbook.com. Titans favored by three and a half. Mad Money Mike. Mike Vrabel was eight in previously before this game was eight and oh. Coming off of rest, coming off a of bye. So credit to Zach Taylor for putting together a game plan that somehow didn't get uh, Joe Burrow killed because he had not. He got sacked nine times, and it should have been eleven because, of course, like enter the refs. They called a the world's latest delay of game penalty, and they called the world's latest timeout where the play happened and Joe Burrow would have gotten sacked. So it actually turned out to be good that they got a delay of game penalty. But wow. Man, I'm like, there's another it's, – it's, going back to the good things, let's talk about kickers. This kicker, Evan McPherson, a.k.a. Money Mac. That's a pretty good nickname. Mm, I'll tell you that. It. Give you know this it. rookie a raise. Hits a 54-yard field goal at halftime and then hits a walk-off 52-yard field goal to win the Bengals' first road win in the playoffs in franchise history. And I don't know if you know this, but when he was warming up for the game winner on the sidelines, right before he jogged out, he did his warm-ups, like golf practice swings. And then he was jogging out, and he told Joe Burrow, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship. Like, talk about betting on yourself and having confidence on yourself. Did you see that, Madeline Mike? I didn't see that, but literally, I'm glad I didn't because it's giving me goosebumps right now hearing it for the first time. That is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Oh, man. And not, there's just so many crazy things that break down. Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions, including an interception on the first play of the game. I think Mike Vrabel like, got into his own head. I was talking about how he is 8-0, but he comes out with Derrick Henry coming back, and he's like, no, I'm going to run a play action. Boom. Tannehill's first interception, first play of the game. Like, talk about, like, I'm just getting sitting, I'm just getting settled in my chair. I'm just like, you know, I want to ease into this thing. But no. We go full tilt straight out of the gate. Also, funny enough, Ryan Tannehill's last play of the game was also an interception, which set up this Bengals game-winning kick. Mad Money Mike, the Bengals' D actually held Derrick Henry to 20 attempts for only 62 yards. They did a pretty good job out there. I mean, putting up 19, that's not necessarily going to cut it versus the Chiefs. But hey, on the road, getting the job done, overcoming the Titans coming off a bye. Huge props to Zach Taylor and this Bengals team, and of course, Joe Burrow and that kicker, Evan McPherson. What were your thoughts on this game? And ha- and I guess, have you changed your mind around Jimmy G versus Ryan Tannehill? Well, we certainly talked about this during the game, and I can't even remember. At this point, I've dumped on both of those quarterbacks so many times. I can't remember who I dumped on more. I can't remember who was a bigger turd than the other, but... Uh, you know, I mean, took Tannehill. Any, well, we're, <laughs> okay. I, I think that Tannehill is still the bigger turd. I mean, 
we're we're talking about two turds in a pod right here, but yeah, this guy <laughs> is an absolute choke artist. It was so I could not believe he threw an interception on the first play of the game. That was, I mean, what what can you say, man? It it, it wrote it was it was certainly for uh, foretelling for for what would come for him to throw an interception to essentially end the game. Um, you know, Tennessee has a problem, man. Uh, you know, a guy who operates that way in the clutch moments. You know what can you do? How, how can you how can you build a future around someone like that? Of course, like you said, Derrick Henry held to only sixty two rushing yards, outrushed. Uh, Donta Foreman had sixty six uh, rushing yards. Now, albeit they were on um, four carries with a long of forty five, so it's a little you know misleading to say that Dick, Derrick Henry got outrushed, but technically he did. Um, and then, of course, you know the Bengals, uh, you know, giving up eleven sacks. We're going to call it eleven sacks because. That ultimately is what it was uh, to to give up, you know, that many sacks in, in a playoff game. That's that's troubling, man. Like they're going to have problems. Kansas City's defense has played lights out for a while now. Obviously, you're going to say, well, but like Buffalo was scoring at will. Buffalo is its own, you know, unicorn. And I, I don't think, you know, we'll get to that game shortly. But, you know, the Bengals allowing 11 sacks, nine sacks, whatever you want to call it, a, a, you know, a, a, a baker's dozen. I don't even know what a baker's dozen is, but they gave up so many sacks that there's got to be some name for the number of sacks they gave up. Uh, that's the amount of donuts I bring home from Krispy Kreme. They give <laughs> you 12, but 12's not making it in the house. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, so that's problem. Jamar Chase uh, continues to to be an absolute stud. He he puts up over 100 yards uh, receiving. You know, Joe Burrow, he, he's just a gamer. You know, Joe Burrow's a gamer. He gets it done. This game was this game was won through the air, you know, for the Bengals. You know, despite being a low-scoring game, they only had 54 rushing yards out of Mixon. Uh, but Joe Burrow throws for 348 yards. The guy's an absolute stud. Uh, but Money, Mac, uh, Evan McPherson, rookie kicker, it, there was a, uh, you. You did a great job of retweeting something I saw. You ch- make sure you check us out on It's a Lock Podcast on on Twitter. Uh, somebody's tweet aged really poorly when the Bengals took him in the draft, and somebody had like tweeted like, "Anybody watching this Bengals draft? I don't think they know what they're doing. They took a kicker, and then of course <laughs> he sends them to the AFC Championship game. So kudos to the Bengal on seeing generational talent." Uh, from the kicking position, and that's what got him here, man. Mad Money Mike, I did also want to just like to pile on the praise for these Bengals. Overcoming that Tennessee Titans home field advantage was pretty impressive. They had they yeah, they could have done better. They had six penalties for 46 yards, a lot of false starts, delay of games, extra timeouts. But I also heard four times Joe Burrow didn't get the play call, had to call his own play. And all yeah. four of them worked out. So That's super, super impressive cool. on that. A couple of questions I wanted to ask you, Mad Money Mike. There was that interception that grazed the ground, but they called it an interception. It was it was Joe Burrow's first interception since week 13. Do you remember that play? And do you agree with the call? Do you think it was an interception or should have been an incomplete pass? I I have to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm truly torn on this one. I, I think... As much as I absolutely hate the referees and I really do like the opportunity to dump on the referees, I think that they were put in a position where they had to go with the call on the field. You know, you're trying to make a decision as to whether or not the ground had any impact because you can still, the ball can still touch the ground. That's always been part of the rules. You know, you're just trying to make a determination as to whether or not the defenders had possession 
um, you know, while the ball was touching the ground. And, and, and it really, I think it was just too difficult to tell. I think that they were forced into a situation where they had to go with the call on the field. So I'm not going to knock them on that one. I completely agree with you, Mad Money Mike. The other question I had for you was the Titans tied up in the second quarter with an 84-yard touchdown drive to tie it up 6-6. Then there's a penalty, and they decide to go for two from the one-yard line when it's tied Third to 6-6. Alert. Okay, Third so you alert. disagree with the decision. Are you kidding me? To take an early lead in the game? What are you doing? Like, what? Are, why would you... A lot like what it's the beginning of the game. You're going to be leading seven to six. Even even if you get the two point conversion, eight to six, seven to six that early in the game. Does it really matter? But, you know, you, you just don't risk not getting it and being in a tight position. I thought that was I thought that was an overreach of this thing that we've seen all year. This. Yeah, the aggression. You know, this, yeah. yeah, this ongoing aggression, this going for it on fourth down, going for two. But this is the playoffs, man. You send – when your players are deep in the trenches, in the battlefield, and they look up at that scoreboard and they see that they're winning, that means everything. When they look up at that scoreboard and they see that they're tied because they didn't get it, that also means everything in the opposite direction. You don't risk it. You let your players know we are winning the game. We are leading, and that is the most important message at that stage of the game massive turtle alert on that call. So Mad Money Mike, I hear what you're saying and I do agree with the game flow and the perspective of needing to, you know, the importance of morale and having the lead. I'm going to give you an alternate perspective. So bear with me here. All right. <laughs> All right. So this is courtesy of NFL research. And it's going to get a little technical. So Mad Money Mike, that Florida State degree, um, I may have to repeat myself, wow. but hey, no worries. No worries. So wow. when you take wow. a two-point conversion from the two-point yard line, from the two-yard line, there's a 48.5% chance you get it. When you do a two-point conversion from the one-yard line, there's a 62.4 chance you get it. So there's a greater than 50% chance you get the two points, which means that you're going to go up 8-6 more often than not. If you just go up by one, then the other team goes for two, and your advantage is only 100% minus 48.5%. You just have like a 52% chance of stopping them, which is better than 50%, but it's not as good as 62.4%. So it's early enough in the game where you know more points are going to be scored, and it's just more valuable to get more points, and having the higher percent chance of going for it and getting it is better than trying to defend them from getting their, of course, what they would try as a two-point conversion a little bit later. What do you think about that? I think that if we're going to try and play the game with nothing but statistics, there's literally no point in having any coaches, hiring anybody or whatever. We just have a bunch of computers on the sidelines that just like print off a paper ticket of like what the percentages are. And then the players, like little robot Legos, just waddle <laughs> out in the field and just like do whatever the sheet says. You know, I tell you what, I think we can both agree that we need some of those computers and robots and lasers to replace the refs. Well, that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> we're talking about the players and the coaches here, and we're talking about. You know, we're talking about real, you know, about real intangible things. What's that? We're talking about real life here. Well, we are certainly talking about real life, but we're talking about <laughs> these intangible things. We're talking about feelings and momentum and, right, you know. Right. So I, I give you, know, you credit and I understand your side of the well. I was just giving you a lot of people. No, no, no I appreciate Twitter. it. 
I appreciate yeah, just it. Give yeah. me other perspective. And I, I tell you, I can think of a couple fan base, <clears throat> Dallas Cowboys, who wouldn't mind their Ooh. head coach being replaced by a little 64-bit computer. <laughs> Dude, that oh man, I we let's let's say let we're gonna do. I'm sure we're gonna do an off season pod because I have I have some more fire to unleash on that useless person. <laughs> All right, hey, I tell I you want, what, I want to rail on. I want to rail on the idea that another team might hire him, but we're gonna save that for a different pod. Oh man! All right, I'll tell you what. Let's head on to the Saturday night game, the 49ers at the Packers. All right, so the line closed. The Packers were only five and a half point favorites on Bovada, and I I have to start off by saying, I last week I railed on uh, Louisiana for not getting their mobile sports betting app down. I was pissed off. It should be done by now. In fact, we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But now I want to issue a formal apology. Dear Louisiana, you saved me so much money this last weekend because I would have bet my last dollar, my last penny, my son's dirty diaper on the Packers here. And Mad Money Mike, I think that uh, we tweeted uh, a, a sizable bet that you had made as well on the Packers. We thought the Packers were going to blow this this game out. but Turned out to be quite the opposite. 49ers get it done in Lambeau, 13 to 10. Wow. And this is after the first drive of the game, Packers march down the field, go up 7-0. They didn't even break a sweat. And that's not because it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it's not because of the, the cold weather that they're not sweating. It's because it looked so freaking easy. But one thing leads to another. The Packers can never seal the deal. The 49ers offense never showed up, but that didn't matter. They came back in a game-winning 45-yard field goal by Robbie Gold. The 49ers upset the Packers in Lambeau and potentially put an end to Aaron Rodgers' tenure in Pit. Uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Green Bay. Mad Money Mike, just a whole bunch of question marks on this one, and I think we're gonna have to send a letter in a couple of uh, you know. POs, purchase orders, we need some money back. The Packers owe us money. They should have won that game. Well, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you want to talk about someone who should never be hired again, it's the Green Bay special teams coach. I mean, oh, yes. woof, dude. Woof. Woof. This was, I think with four minutes left, Green Bay had a 90% chance of winning the game. Um and then, of course, well, I guess it was like four and a half minutes or, or four minutes and 41 seconds, I think, is when that blocked punt got returned for a touchdown. And if I remember correctly, there was a blocked – was there a blocked field goal? Or I can't uh, remember. Uh, I think yeah, I there think was there was. It was blocked right yeah, before halftime. Packers field goal. Yeah. Yep. So you're talking about a blocked field goal and a blocked punt for touchdown in mm-hmm. a divisional round playoff game. I mean, there is nothing in this entire world that is more devastating. I mean, I just, I, I'm, I'm at a loss of words, man. I should have, I should have taken some time to like have, have written something down because this deserves like a 30 minute, you know, like just absolute diatribe, just railing on this guy. This is the worst of the worst, absolute worst of the worst. But you know, aside of that, Aaron Rodgers, you know, played. Hold on, hold on. You want to know the cherry on top? I need to know. The cherry on top, Robbie Gold about to kick a game-winning field goal. The Packers trying to block it only had 10 men on the field. 
Mad Money Mike. That's your I cherry mean, on top. I mean, this is like, how did this? How did this even? How? How? What are they doing? I mean, honestly, it's it's you know, this is Lafleur's problem. This is Lafleur's problem. We talked about Lafleur, and we talked about his shortcomings last year when he went for a field goal when they were down by a touchdown. He kicked a field goal, and guess what? Guess what happens mm. when you're down by a touchdown? And you kick a field goal. You're still down by a touchdown. Okay, that's Lafleur, and under his watch, under his leadership, they had a complete. Special teams failure. He doesn't get to say, oh, it wasn't my fault. It was so-and-so's fault. You're the head coach. So LaFleur has got to go. I mean, what are you going to do? Now what? that you've lost you're calling for You're calling for Matt LaFleur's uh, – for his uh, getting fired. Not only am I calling for him getting fired, I'm calling for him to be banned from ever holding an NFL position again. I want to see this guy selling used cars right next to Mike McCarthy next year. <laughs> I mean, this guy is absolute garbage. Oh, man. I mean – well, we just got so hey, we bad. just got a we just got a head coach opening in New Orleans, and I would love to have him. So, uh, Matt Lafleur, oh, either you're welcome to that, join dude. New Orleans to be our head coach, or join us on the podcast. Tell us your side of the story. Maybe the special team teams coach, like I don't know, his hearing aid quit or something, and like you were trying to tell him, you know, we need eleven players, but he just didn't hear you. I don't know. You're definitely welcome on the pod, Mad Money Mike. I mean, you got to give him a chance to respond, right? I mean, I'm sure there's valid reasons for all of these errors. Oh, I'll give him a chance. I'll give him a chance to respond. I'll send him home crying. If he comes on the podcast, he's gonna need some. He's gonna need a box of tissues. He's Are we sponsored by Kleenex yet, guys? Can we <laughs> well, check on that? Matt Lafleur better hope that he is because he's gonna need a box <laughs> if he gets a chance to come on the podcast. The Green Bay uh. Packers had Aaron Jones had 129 rushing yards. Devonta Adams had 90 rushing yards. They had over 200 rushing yards. Aaron Rodgers threw for 225 yards. He had no picks. Obviously, he had no touchdowns. This this was a game that was lost by the Packers special teams. End of story. No matter how you slice it, San Francisco is not that good. Jimmy G is is pretty bad. Now, he was throwing <laughs> some darts that his wide receivers were dropping, so there certainly is that component to the situation. Uh, but outside of, you know, outside of that, I just think, you know, I, I don't think – let me ask you, do you think that the 49ers defense – is as good as the outcome of this game. Do you believe in the 49ers defense? So look, if you can sack Aaron Rodgers five times, clearly you've got a good defense. I mean, Nick Bosa is a beast. But at the end of the day, you're right. A lot of issues with the Packers special teams. Now, I do want to mention Aaron Rodgers did not look like he was in this game. Man, Money Mike, I saw like little to no emotion he looked like a robot, and we were just talking about oh, how yeah. bad robots and computers are. Did you notice that? Like, he just didn't—he didn't look invested. He didn't look like he had any energy. I mean, like, I almost feel like somebody needed to like hit him in the face so he got a bloody lip or something. He—he he, he looked like a robot. Well, listen, I didn't want to even—I certainly was thinking the same thing. The reason why I didn't want to bring this up is because it gets a little dicey. Be, you know, obviously for obvious reasons. Uh, there is a situation around Aaron Rodgers where he has become, you know, he's become the whipping boy for a vast, vast, vast percentage of the country. I mean, you're talking about a hotbed issue with the whole COVID and, you know, vaccines and all of a sudden, you know, a guy who's probably got a decent amount of CTE has become a, a scientist all of a sudden and, and, you know, and he, and, you know, he, Whatever, you know, no, I'm you know, not that, even that talking thing. about COVID or anything. I'm just talking about. No, 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 no. I know what I'm I know what I'm getting at. Let me make the connection here. And I 
again, you know, whatever everyone, I'm, I'm not saying either way. I, what I'm getting at is <laughs> in his head, he's thinking I've literally got 80 million, hundred million. I've got like tens of millions of people who hate me and they are rooting against me. And no matter what I do in this game, if I do something wrong, they're going to somehow tie it to that. If you deny for one second that that was in the back of his head, or if you try to argue against that, I would have to say you're wrong. That's the kind of thing that is a kind of like mass hysteria that, and, and he had already commented on it. It had been a part of his press conferences. So it was already in there. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that I just do not think that even the most seasoned professional athlete can escape. It was in there. He was freaked out by it, and that kept him from engaging in the game and, and digging into that uh, that kind of primal thing that the best athletes have. I think that was a, a shield inside of him that, that kept him from making those critical connections to the game. That's That's my take on it. That's my take on what you are pointing out, which I agree with, that he looked emotionless, robotic, checked out. That's my take on it. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Hey, potentially valid. Or it could be it. I mean, who knows? But at the end of the day, he wasn't himself. He had nine. Devonte Adams, he essentially threw to Devonte Adams and Aaron Jones. That is it. The only teammates, the only wide receivers or anyone on the Packers that had receptions besides them was Alan Lazard and Mercedes Lewis, and they each only caught one pass. So he uh, he definitely uh, it almost seemed like the moment was too big for him. And I mean, he's got a Super Bowl and he's clearly a Hall of Fame quarterback. But if you look at his history, there are many instances they make it to the playoffs. They have a great regular season. But for one reason or another, they just break down. And sadly, um, you know, regardless of uh, what you're talking about, you know, a lot of the, the, the bad stigma that he's got. Um, I hate to see, you know, I hate to see a great quarterback go down. Um, so anyway, 49ers move on. I did find it funny, you know, talking about uh, not necessarily great quarterbacks, but Jimmy G, uh, 57.1 QBR, 11 for 19, 131 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, some real bad throws. He could have had a couple pick sixes thrown in the flats way across the field. Troy Aikman was having a fit. He was very concerned with Jimmy G. So um, definitely something to, to watch uh, to watch out for, or at least consider when we move into these uh, championship games. But with that being said, let's move into the Sunday slate, starting with the Rams at the Bucks. All right, so this, of course, the first Sunday game. Uh, this one closed in, in Tampa Bay. This one closed on Bovada at minus 2.5 with the Bucks as the favorites. And, of course, another last-second field goal. The Rams take it away 30-27. to 27. Mad Money Mike, the... The, the GOAT Tom Brady, the GOAT effect of Tom Brady finally was not enough to get the Bucks to overcome the Rams. This was this uh, was reminiscent of the uh, Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl comeback, 28-3. This one uh, was 20-3 at half. The Rams were looking great. Potentially could have been 27-3 at half, except Cam Akers fumbled at the one-yard line, uh, preventing that, of course, uh, extra touchdown uh you know tinfoil hat time the first half under was 24 so that fumble kept it at 23 so you never know what uh i'm sure the books cleaned up because of that crazy how that works oh yeah um but then of course you know the rams do go up 27 to 3 and so they're you know they mentioned it they the tom brady effect it was, i think it was obj who just like he he mentioned like we knew like oh tom brady's on the other side and he was fired up. He got hit. Tom Brady got his first taunting penalty of his career 
when Von Miller hit him in like the upper chest and like it did graze his helmet and got him that bloody lip, like social media is going wild with like pictures of him and his bloody lip, but the refs weren't having any of it. I say good for the refs. Hey, you gotta you gotta nip it in the bud, you know, when when Kramer starts to act out, you gotta nip it in the bud and uh so <laughs> I give props to the ref for that, Med Money Mike. I don't know uh if you agree or not. What do you what were your thoughts on that taunting call? Yeah, well, you know, it, it it speaks to uh, the fire that Tom Brady still has. It's you know, it's like it's what we were talking about that we would have liked to have seen out of Aaron Rodgers. That's the kind of fire you want to see. And he was in the right. If a quarterback has a bloody lip, guess what that means? That means that there was contact to the head or neck area. So that was a missed call by the refs, as usual. No surprise there. Tom Brady was in the right, and uh, and and you know, it it obviously fired his team up because the the, the score did end up being twenty seven to three. The Rams did score that touchdown coming out of halftime. They did take it to 27-3. And, uh, well, actually, I think they punted on their first possession. Obviously, the Bucs punted. But on that third possession of the third quarter, the Rams did go up 27-3. So the Bucs were down by 24 points in this game. And uh, and what what a show. What a show. I think Tom Brady is going to be looking back on this one and thinking about why didn't I just play that way the whole time. You know, obviously, I'm sure the Rams were in some sort of a prevent, but, man, uh, Mike Evans roasted uh, Jalen Ramsey, widely considered the best quarterback in the game, on a uh, on a deep ball, uh, you know, down the sideline. That was pretty pretty cool to watch. You know, they're just, they just were, they were making plays and they made it happen. Uh, they they had a fumble. Um, the the Bucks the Bucks uh, you know had a sack. Uh, Von Miller got a sack and, and Tom Brady fumbled. Uh, you know after they got up in twelve thirteen, but then of course the Ram turned around uh, and fumbled it, and then the Bucks ended up giving the ball away on downs. On this a was a game of hot potato. <laughs> it was un- it was unbelievable. Then after that, the Rams missed a field goal. Then after that, the Bucks lost it on downs again. <laughs> it was unbelievable. They had that that sequence there in the third, and it might have leaked into the fourth quarter, where Bucks lost a fumble, Rams lost a fumble. Bucks turn it over on downs. Ram missed a field goal, and then Bucks turn it over on downs again. That was like one of the wildest series I've ever seen. You know, a five a set of five drives that I've ever seen in football ever. I just I couldn't even believe what I was watching. Uh, you know, the Rams end up punting after that. Then the Bucks score that second touchdown. They go twenty seven twenty. Then the Rams. Now this, I mean, obviously this this gets into my own personal betting, but I'm just gonna rail on them. Cam Akers lost another fumble. Sony Michelle had been playing pretty, pretty solid football. I've been playing lights out. Cam Akers comes back, you know, from this injury. And in a way, he he could have lost the game for the Rams. You know, he ends up fumbling on that last drive that the Rams had. And the Bucs recover and they go down and they score the touchdown. They tie it up. Cam Akers' second fumble. That fumble also led to, instead of just simply running the clock out, to uh, old boy Matt Stafford having to throw the ball again, which caused his uh, total passing yards to go over. And a certain someone is pretty salty about that. So thanks a lot, Cam Akers. Former <laughs> Florida State alum. Thanks, man. I thought we were in this together. Uh, so that was pretty wild to watch. But then, of course, the infamous bomb to Cooper Cup, the absolute machine. I don't even think he's real. I think, you know, I think that I think they need to uh, – I think they need to peel back a layer of skin and see what's under there. That guy could be a robot, man. That is that is an absolute machine. I cannot believe what Cooper Cup has done this year. And, of course, he catches the one of the most famous bombs from uh, Matt Stafford ever, sets him up, field goal, Rams win, Tom Brady retires, Gronkowski retires. That's it. 
<laughs> Next game, man, my <laughs> Moving on. Oh man. Uh, yeah, you pretty much recapped the game there. I thought it was crazy. The Rams did everything they could to give away this game. They had four lost fumbles. They had the 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 just the snap that Matt Stafford wasn't ready for. They had and they had the the refs on their side. I think Mad Money Mike. So there was a fourth and fourteen. Bucks get a turnover on downs, but then there's the hit, helmet to helmet hit on Mike Evans that every other time I've seen that's fifteen yard penalty, automatic first down. But apparently. They called it after the play was over because the ball had hit the ground. So it's a turnover on downs and then the 15-yard penalty. I have never seen that before, and I disagree with it. The You play until the whistle, and there was no whistle. Just because the ball hit the ground, I don't think that qualifies as the end of the play. Mad Money Mike, are you with me on this one? Bucks should be in the championship game. The ball only hit the ground in slow motion. In real time, that ball had not hit the ground yet. I mean, I mean, I know, I, you, know, you know what dang, I'm saying. Dang. You know what I'm saying. Like that was the play. It was in the play. It was the play. Who gives? What mm-hmm. does it matter if the ball hit the ground in some point six, you know, six tenths of a second? What that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. It was the play. It was a helmet helmet. That was. I have never. I mean, if you. If you if you're a fan of football and you try to claim that like oh that's fine or oh yeah that's the rules then then no you you get your football fan card taken away you don't even get to watch football anymore if you agree with the refs on this one I mean that was the most egregious head scratching mm-hmm. just massive turd alert that I've ever seen from the referees and man we've seen some this year but that that absolutely tops them all absolutely Buccaneers in the championship game I heard they still may do it. I heard, I heard, <laughs> I heard that the Buccaneers may just show up. So we'll see. Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. And maybe the Buccaneers may just show up uh, to SoFi Stadium and just say like, "Hey, we earned it" because that was a helmet to helmet hit. Yeah, man, absolute garbage. Just I couldn't agree with you more. Unbelievable. I did also love how Al Michaels at one point says, "This is officially lunacy." I mean, the Rams tried to give this away. You mentioned Cam Akers fumbled twice. Even when they were trying, even right the play before Cooper Cup was wide open because the Bucks were like, "What? I don't want to cover him. Who's him? Who's he? I mean, he's not very good." They tried to keep sneak with Matt Stafford, and like he almost fumbled again, and then the Bucks would clearly have won the game. So um, this was just like a game of one up it. Like who's who's going to lose this game? Like we're going to lose this game, and then the Bucks are like, "No, no, we're going to lose this game. We're not going to cover Cooper Cup." So anyway, the. Uh, Rams move on, and they'll be facing uh, at home versus the – I say in quotes, at home versus 49ers. We're going to talk about that in the uh, conference championship here in a couple minutes. But let's head to the nightcap, which by this point we're thinking, who? how can you one-up this? We've had three games ending with last-second walk-off field goals, and this was like the main event, you know, the crescendo, the climax, Bills at Chiefs. We're thinking, no way you can top what's already happened, but holy crap, somehow they did it. Let's talk about it. Bills Chiefs in Arrowhead. This line on Bovada waffled between Chiefs minus two and a half. I saw it go all the way down to minus one and a half, but I I think it closed at minus two. But this game delivered. I mean, Papa John's style. I loved how Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have dual threat ability, and we got to witness it in full time, prime time. They both had over 60 yards of rushing. I mean, this game was back and forth. 
There were, I forget how many points were scored in the last two minutes of the game. Gabriel Davis had four touchdown catches for the Bills. Mad Money Mike, the Bills, I'm just I'm skipping straight to the end, but there's 13 seconds left, and the Bills just go up by a touchdown, and you're thinking, this game has to be over. I mean, it took the Cowboys 14 seconds to run one play and not even be able to down the ball. The Chiefs were able to run two plays and still have three seconds on the clock to okay, yeah, field goal. This they, this is for them to kick a field goal. I'm sorry, they weren't up a touchdown, they're up a field goal. Well, yeah, they scored a touchdown, go up a field goal, and the Chiefs were able to go two plays in 13 seconds and leave three seconds on the clock to kick a 49-yard field goal to force overtime. I don't understand how you can leave Kelsey so wide open. Why you guard the sidelines when the opposing team has timeouts? I did see some pretty cool NFL film stuff where Kelsey just like went freestyle and like luckily he's got a great connection with Mahomes. So I'm curious if you saw that, but I think there were a couple things that the Bills should have done differently to prevent that. And then of course we're uh, we're gonna have to talk about the whole overtime, you know, coin flip, changing the rules. Med Money Mike. Josh Allen ended with 329 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, 90.3 QBR. Patty Mahomes, 378 yards, three TDs, no interceptions, 96.0. The Chiefs had one penalty all game. We all know what happens in overtime. Chiefs win the toss. Good game. Mad Money Mike is sour. Mad Money Mike, let's hear it. Well, first and foremost, uh, the, the reason that the Bills are not in the championship game is for one reason and one reason only. They kicked that last kickoff through the back of the end zone. They gave mm. them all 13 seconds. Why would you do that? That is it. That is it. You get to go to the AFC Championship game if you kick that ball inbound. Tyreek Hill. Make, what are your thoughts on Tyreek Hill? Who cares? What are the odds? Pull up your little statistics machine. Print out your little piece of paper on what the odds are that, that he's going to return it past the 30. I mean, like, how little faith do you have in your coverage team? Tyreek Hill gave the peace sign. He was taunting an opponent running down the sideline. That was ahead of him. Did you see that play? That's how fast he is. So I could see how Sean McDermott was a little, you know, apprehensive. Did he run any kickoffs back for touchdown at any other point in the game? No. Not this game, but, I mean, we all know. Are you trying to say Tyreek Hill is not the human cheetah? I'm telling you that that is the reason that the Bills are not in the championship. Full stop. There is nothing else to say. There's no debate. If they kick that ball in bounds, they go to the championship. That is the end of the story. There's nothing that you can say to ever convince me otherwise. Yeah, I agree. They, they definitely should have done that. I also disagree. With Why were they guarding the sidelines versus Kelsey? Um, like, hey, here's the middle of the field, whole field, wide open. Go ahead and run 40 yards. Well, there certainly always is the argument of like, oh, you don't say the last play was the defining play because there's all these other things that could have happened. But the reality is, is that the last play is the defining play because that's how it ended. There's yeah. no there's no way that any less than six to seven seconds are run off the clock if you kick that ball in bounds. And then that's it. And they just have six to seven seconds left. They have one play. So mm-hmm. it becomes a Hail Mary situation. It's over. The game's over if you do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, they don't have to do it. Well, they don't have to do a Hail Mary field goal range, but still it ends up being, you know, however many yards. It's 60 yards. So that's like a Hail Mary. So that's that's the first thing I want to say. Uh, but. Also, don't forget that yours truly, Mad Money Mike, said multiple times on multiple podcasts that this is the game. This Buffalo Bills, Kansas City mm. Chiefs was this year's Super Bowl. I said it multiple times, and I was yep. correct again, as usual. This was the two best teams. This was this year's Super Bowl. Nothing else matters. Like It doesn't even matter. I'm not even going to watch the rest of the games. This is all that matters. This was the greatest game since the Big Bang. 
like this is this is just an absolute travesty that they're not that they're not you know they, they should still be playing this game now this game shouldn't have ended best of three still, huh? best should, of three still, best of three it should still be going on right now yeah. and of course that brings us to the coin toss big bet brent i'm gonna let you take it away because you know where i stand on this Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to go tails. Tails never fails. How can you go heads in a situation like that <laughs> with all that with all with the stakes as high as they are? I mean, you got to go tails. That's what you're going to say, right? Well, I'm not going to argue with you on that one, but I do. I do. <laughs> and, and our loyal listeners, they want to know where does Big Bet Brent stand? Do we keep the overtime rules as is or is it absolutely critical that at least for the playoffs? And I'm only advocating just for the playoffs. I'm not advocating for any change to the regular season. But for the playoffs, every off each offense must possess the ball at least once. Big Bet Brent, where do you stand? Okay. Mad Money Mike, loyal listeners, I need you to listen to the entirety of what I'm about to tell you. I do agree with Mad Money Mike that the Bills could have done more and should have sealed that game and prevented it from going to overtime. Primarily being what you said, Mad Money Mike, about kicking it off inbounds. And secondly, there's a good tactic that coaches could have used to get off to get defensive pass interference and essentially get like a five or ten or fifteen yard penalty, um, but essentially no play, just tackle all the wide receivers for on the first play. That's going to be another three or four seconds. And then do not they have timeouts, so do not just leave the middle of the field open. So with those three things, the Bills should have never had it get to overtime. That being said. There are some good statistics that suggest the overtime rules are not fair, particularly in high-stakes situations such as the playoffs. Since the overtime's most recent change, which included requiring a touchdown to end the game, a field goal, giving the other team a chance to respond, there have been about 150 games, 160 games played. There's a 52.8% chance that if you win the coin toss, you win the game. However, if you just look at playoff games, there is a 91% chance, 10 out of 11 playoff overtime games. If you win the coin flip, you win the game. I know sample size means something. This is only 11 games, but when it's that lopsided, I I would be open to a rule change, Mad Money Mike, but I don't know what the answer is. Do you have a solution? Don't we buy the tickets? Don't we tune into the games? Aren't we what matters? Don't we want to entertain? Like, why, Why would you keep some stupid antiquated crap turd rule for the sake of what what's for the sake of what answer me that like why like it's so easy to change it you just change it to what they make to the what? rules man you just make a change it's like oh we changed it boom that's it that's how easy it is why is that so difficult it's not it's just the most easiest thing in the world make the change if they don't make to the what? change I, w- w- you're sitting in front of the committee the rules committee what do you do you realize the chiefs a couple years ago try wanted to change the rules and it got shut down so now like the shoes on the other foot and they still agree like yeah we should probably change these rules well we just i just need to know like do you want to make it like college football or what no no it's just it doesn't it, it's the same rule that if like if you kick a field goal the other offense gets to possess it it's just that you add in field goal or touchdown, any offensive score. It's just simple. The offense, each offense gets to possess it one time. That's it. Okay. That's how simple it is. So what happens? Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, I'm not sure if that's fair. In fact, loyal listeners, I would be curious. We would be curious to hear what do you think is a fair rule change 
or overtime rules. I heard another interesting one where the team that goes first, they score, and the other team, they have to either meet or beat the number of plays that the last team took. So I like your idea, Matt, at first, uh, Mike, at first blush. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to say, when I hear all that other stuff, that's just – now, you're just talking about silly pipe dreams. Those are definitely the kind of things that they're never going to go for. Get all complicated. Oh, they have to run like at least 11 and a half plays. Like, come on, man. That's just never going to happen. But just to make it so simple, each offense gets to possess it at least one time. That's it, man. That's just one sentence. Simple. Boom. Done. I mean, that's I, I just I don't understand. It's so simple. It's so easy. It's so close to how it is now. If they kick the field goal, the other offense will get to possess it. So what difference does it make if it's a field goal or a touchdown? If it's a field goal, the, the other issue, offense gets I think the issue that the rules committee would have with that is player safety and the game would just keep going on. Because, I mean, we watched the <laughs> last two minutes safety. of that game. Look, man, they, they, the last safety. two minutes of every – they were just scoring Joke. touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. This game would have gone forever. No, it's sudden death after that, man. It's not – I'm saying you only get to get to possess it one time. It's the exact same way it is now. Now, if it goes field goal, field, you know, it's 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 it immediately becomes sudden death. The next team to score wins. It's how it is now. There's so no still difference. an advantage if you win the coin toss because you score a touchdown, they score a touchdown, and you score a touchdown and win. Sure. I mean, if if you think if if your little statistic machine says that it comes out the exact same way, then fine, I'm wrong here. But I still I don't think that that is the case. I think that it would level the playing field. I think that ninety something percent would come way down. I do think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, hey, I'm just playing a little devil's advocate. Is I know, I know. Like, it's important to do. It's important. Like As you can see, I'm very hot. It's important. I understand what you're doing. It's important to play that role for the sake of the pod. But as you can tell, I'm very hot, I'm very agitated. The Bills. We're gonna. It was gonna be a clean sweep for me. I was gonna take. I was gonna take both bets from you. 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 You were able to. T- you know. You were Ooh. able to sneak one in with 13 seconds left. So <laughs> gold star for Big Bet Brent. Mad Money Mike's a little sour, a little hot about it, and I'm ready to get to the championship weekend, my man. Yeah, that was the Sunday night cap of the NFL divisional round. Mad Money Mike coming up this next weekend, the conference championships. Right before we get to that. I do want to quickly go over, we do not have a loyal listener email this week, but I encourage all of our loyal listeners, of course, um, our giveaway, guess the uh, final score of the Super Bowl, send us an email, it's like podcast at gmail.com, and also you have to have a nickname, um, send us that, and on Twitter at it's a lock podcast, Mad Money Mike, Louisiana sports betting goes live Friday morning at 9 a.m. And That's this amazing. is, I know it's finally I, time. I feel, so bad. I feel so bad for Chittum and Kramer. Like, are you going to, are they going to like go ahead and like get their tent ready? Like you're going to like, you're going to lose it all. Big bet, right? Oh, so dangerous. Are you kidding me? So dangerous, man. They're giving, you know, they're giving a, they're giving a, they're giving a, they're giving away free bottles of whiskey to the alcoholics. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm worried about your big bet, Brent. No, oh. believe me, man. That obviously is a joke. Anybody who follows you on BetStamp knows there's no threat of you losing money. Uh, congrats to you, man. Uh, I've, I've obviously felt bad sending you screenshots of all the bets that I'm making and, and knowing that you can't. So this is, a, this is awesome, man. Uh, good job, Louisiana. Way to get something done. I thought we stood for freedom in this country, and for a long time I was worried that that wasn't the case. 
But obviously, Louisiana says, hey, people get to do what they want. This country stands for freedom. Go ahead and gamble as you please. They got it done. And Big Bet Brent joins the rest of us this Friday at 9 a.m. Hey, yo. <laughs> I am excited. I did hear some good things about like how the taxes and stuff work. Apparently, we've got a pretty favorable setup. I heard that there are six different sports books that are going to be live with mobile sports betting. So um, I've locked the door here in, in the office, and uh, I won't be coming out until I have researched and fully funded all six of those uh, different accounts. So nice, uh, you know, dear various sports books, like be prepared to get crushed because I would have lost a lot of money on a divisional round, but I've learned my lessons, and as our loyal listeners were, will hear very shortly. I'm going to dominate this conference championship round and Super Bowl, so watch out. Also, Hey-o. you can check us out on Twitter. Um, I retweeted a nice article by John Breach, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit, a little CBS article talking about some nice uh, you know, historical details that might uh, sway how we place our bets this coming weekend. You can also see and hear, courtesy NFL Films, how that overtime – Two-play drive went down with Travis Kelsey, or to, to get overtime, that ad-lib that he had with Patty Mahomes. Um, the There was a fan on the field in that game that Stephon Diggs leveled. Um, you can see it was a $1,000 bet, and you can see it was on Instagram. I retweeted it. The fan, like the bet going down, like, hey, I'll bet you a 1000 bucks you wouldn't get on the field. So be sure to check that out. Also, you can see Robbie Gold kicked the game winner while – uh, to you know, of course, to bring the 49ers over the Packers, and he's an ex-Bear kicker, so the rivalry is real with him and the Packers. He is perfect in all playoff point-after attempts and field goals. And I retweeted this: the Packers are coming out on Lambeau, you know, pregame, like oh, like the fireworks and the cheerleaders and Aaron Rodgers running out. And you can just see Robbie Gold like kicking field goals, like literally in it, like over them. Like he does not give a F about the Packers. So um, that was really funny. You can also see, of course, Mad Money Mike's uh, big money bet. So definitely keeping that nickname, Mad Money Mike. And I'm sure we're about to win it back here in this conference championship, which I do want to give just a couple news and notes. A couple not related to football, but some pretty big news. And then we'll get into injury news for this upcoming game. Um, I want to start it out with Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. He just missed his last 10 out of 10 attempts, and you don't get any more attempts to get voted into Hall of Fame. Mad Money Mike, thoughts on that? Barry Bonds, should he be in the Hall of Fame or not? No, no. He's a cheater. Just imagine oh. if you let all the cheaters in, man. Imagine if you just like oh. cheated and you just like cheated, and because you cheated, you like got records and you like got rewarded. Guess what? Guess what happens when you reward cheaters? You get more cheaters. Like, of course he's wow. not in the Hall of Fame, man. Get that cheating out of here, dude. Look at this guy. Unbelievable. Woo. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that he would ever even thought that he was going to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, come on, man. This is wow. absolutely absurd to even think about. Get out of here with that malarkey. Straight malarkey, dude. Congrats take- to uh, Canton on doing the right thing on that one. Or whatever it is. <laughs> I, I don't, think Canton's the NFL. Think I, don't know where the, I, don't know where the, I don't know where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. But good yeah. job. Well, somebody else who's out of here, and this hits close to home because I live here, Sean Payton is out as head coach of the New Orleans Saints, and that is devastating news because he's the freaking man. Um, All these rumors that he's heading to Dallas, which, like, hurts a lot because 
I don't want him to go to Dallas. I, I like Dallas as being a laughing stock and us being able to poke fun at them. But if he goes there, they're going to dominate. Mad Money Mike. Champion. Oh, Lord. Call yeah, it now. Like this, I'm calling it now. If they, land, if they land Sean Payton, they win the NFC Championship next year. I'm calling it. I personally think he's going to sit out a year just so that it's not so, you know, I don't know. It feels too, it feels too uh, premeditated if he just goes straight there. But I feel like he's going to come in the booth for a year, and then he's going to go to Dallas, and I'm going to be pissed. So um, take a note for our second year pod anniversary. I feel like that Kevin James movie, that home team. Have you heard about this? Like Kevin James is like playing as Sean Payton on a Netflix movie. I feel like that's got something to do with it. And I like Kevin James, so I may have to write him a sternly worded letter um, demanding him come on this pod and tell us some jokes. Um, all right, getting into uh, – oh, yeah, and Big Ben retired. <laughs> Mad Money Mike, we need to – he officially retired today. He had a nice video and uh, two Super Bowls, 18 years, all with the Steelers. Mad Money Mike, let's pull one out for Big Ben. Yeah, yeah, tip of the cap uh, to a great career, future Hall of Famer. I love how this is like the official retirement. Like when you did a lap around the stadium and like shook everybody's hand and like waved goodbye, like that. Like were you gonna put? Were you gonna potentially not retire after that? That would have been awkward. So, <laughs> anyways, congrats on officially announcing it. Congrats on your career. Blah blah blah. I just want to give him some props for not going to a division rival, like not pulling Rob, a red ball. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I I a hundred percent agree with you on that one. And also, I just have to know, Mad Money Mike, I feel like we could flip a coin and like depending on the day of the week and like your mood, how your day went, depends on if you're going to like bash on Big Ben or if you're going to like give him props and honor him. I felt like bashing him a little bit today, but like you said, it's just because there was like traffic and stuff. So, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) he, he does deserve credit for what he accomplished. You know, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know. He doesn't, I don't know. I don't have like... You know, he's not a guy who's like leaves me with a bunch of warm and fuzzies. You know, it was a it was a bad year. He played like crap. That's the that's the bottom line. Is that like he like you know sneaked into the playoffs and then like played like crap and then it's just like what 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 was the point of that? You know, should have been Chargers Raiders should have won a lot of money. You know, Steelers never even should have been there in the first place. So I'm still sour about that. But yeah, great. You know, yeah, two Lombardi trophies. Blah blah blah. Great career. See you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into injuries. <laughs> and news related to the conference championship weekend. And then we're going to talk about those games uh, for the chiefs. Tyrone Matthew is still in concussion protocol, but I hear he's quote doing well, quote has a chance to play. So um, I think they're optimistic around that Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and Daryl Williams, both running backs are also back um, on the Bengals. No major injuries, which is good news for them on the Rams. Van Jefferson has a knee injury. He did not practice yesterday. Uh, the 49ers, uh, Debo Samuel's not on the injury report. Elijah Mitchell did not practice on Wednesday with a knee injury, but he's considered probable. Jimmy G with a shoulder injury, he's not on the injury report, so that's good news. And they have activated wide receiver Muhammad Sanu off of IR. So I'm sure Jimmy G will um, have a stellar performance now that he is back. So with that, Mad Money Mike, let's head into the NFL Conference Championship round. Okay. And I want to start things off by giving you – okay, we've got two games. I should tee it up. We have the Bengals at the Chiefs. And on Bovada, right now I'm seeing the Chiefs are minus seven favorites. And we've got the 49ers at the Rams. The Rams are three-and-a-half point favorites. So both home teams are favored. Mad Money Mike, I want to start this off with that John Breach article. Kudos, props to him. 
I retweeted it. Check it out, guys. Really good article with a case for the underdogs. The okay, and he and here's that case: Bengals and 49ers, both underdogs. They both played on Saturday. They have an extra day of rest. Since 2014, championship round rematches are nine and two in favor of the regular season victor. So if you remember, the Bengals beat the Chiefs earlier this month, and the 49ers beat the Rams earlier in week 18 to, to get into the playoffs. And they also beat them earlier this year. So they beat them. The 49ers beat the Rams twice, both times earlier this year. They also beat them twice last year. They also beat them twice the year before. Ooh. Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number. He's, you know, they, they're friends. They, they have the coaching tree history. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is almost like the older. I've heard that he's like the older brother. He's like six years older. And in the coaching tree, he was like his boss for a little bit. Anyway, there's some history there. There's a mental chess game going on. And clearly, Kyle Shanahan is the uh, Magnus Carlson of this uh, chess game of football, football game of chess. Anyway, he's 6-0. The Rams are 0-6 versus the 49ers and 28-10 versus everybody else. We talked about how the Rams, uh, the Bengals beat the Chiefs earlier this month. Mad Money Mike. When you and also zooming in on the 49ers at the Rams, I tell you what, let's start with the Bengals at the Chiefs going first. All that Shmiel, I said, we talked about the Bengals at home beating up on the Chiefs, not beating up, thir- beating them 34 to 31. I gave you some, uh, you know, some some points towards the underdogs here. They're getting seven points. Mad Money Mike, they only put up 19, but they kind of play up or down score-wise with their opponents. Do you think the Bengals can head into Arrowhead and pull off another crazy upset with Joe, Joey franchise, Joe Burrow? I mean, you know, do I think that I can, like, you know, go pick up a goose at the market that will, like, lay golden eggs, you know? Like, do I do I think that, like, no. I can follow a rainbow, you know, to the end and, like, find a pot of gold? Like, no. Like, come on, man. Like, fairy tales <laughs> fairy tales are for kids, dude, okay? Like, the Chiefs oh. are, are unstoppable, man. The Bengals, it's not. It's just not going to happen for them. I mean, I, you know, I, I do love Joe Burrow. You know, I, I think there's something special about him, and they've, they've had a great year, and he's going to have a great career. <laughs> but you don't give up 11 sacks and then, like, turn around the next week and just, like, beat the hottest team in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. The Chiefs are, are peaking, and and, uh, and and the Bengals just still have a lot of gaps to fill. There's just no other way to say it, man. Like you can't, you're not going to be able to get it done with that offensive line. That's it. It's just I plain think, and simple. I I see. I think the glass is half full, Mad Money Mike. You gave up nine sacks, and you still got the win. You've got eight days to figure that out to give Joe Burrow more time. He's going to be even better. Clearly, he's got weapons. We talked about Jamar Chase, Higby. Um, I'm forgetting uh, the other guy that always steals all the fantasy points from Jamar Chase, but they are loaded. And now you're telling me that they've got eight days to fix that hole, so he's going to have even more time? I don't know, man. Uh, Mixon didn't even do that much last week. Well, and and what does what does Mixon not doing that much like? Why is that a positive for you? Because you're saying like there's only room to go up. Yeah, there's only room for improvement. You just beat the number one seed in their house. The Titans. You- there was a Titans. I read an article about like the Titans being like the biggest anomaly like in the last like forty years or whatever. Like as a number one, like the worst number one seed essentially in like the modern football era. 
like the worst number one seed since the NFL merger. Like they were absolute garbage. It just, just, it was just like a bizarre luck of the draw. And they also played in a crap division and the Colts just like decided to like lay turds coming down the stretch. I don't think beating the Titans means anything. I really think it means absolutely nothing. The way that I see it is getting sacked 11 times is a defining fact. They're going to have to keep up. You know, they're going to have to keep up. There's no other way of saying it. And I also would never take something that happened in the regular season and apply it to the playoffs. I just, I see the numbers, I see the statistics, blah, 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 but I just, I would never do that. Because here's what we're doing here is we're trying to make money. We're placing bets. That's what Uh this is about. We're placing Uh bets and we're trying to make money. You know, I'm not worried about like, you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Like I'm worried about trying to make money. And I'm telling you that I'm never in that arena going to take something that happened in the past and apply it to like this game. Now here, and uh, you know, obviously here I am saying like, oh, but they got sacked 11 times. Like, oh, I thought you weren't going to take anything from the past. I mean like the more distant past, not like last <laughs> week past. Last week's not really the past. I'm talking about like regular. I am walking a tightrope. Thank you. All right. Regular season and playoffs are two different beasts and everybody knows that. Okay. So first and foremost, that's what I mean when I say the past in this context. I'm not going to take something from the regular season and apply it to the playoffs. I'm never – I'm not going to do that. I am going to okay, take okay. the last week of the playoffs, and I'm going to tell you that the Bengals obviously are going to have to keep up with the Chiefs. We know that. Do you agree with me that they are going to have to keep up? Yeah, absolutely, and that, I think that they can. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you that I think that the deciding factor – is an offensive line that like has got more holes than a slice of Swiss cheese. I mean, Joe Burrow is like, dude, he's gonna be, he's probably beat up, man. He's probably sore. He's probably like just shaking off his soreness right now. Like they're probably gonna have to like pump him, pump him full of the same stuff that the Bucks pump full of Antonio Brown just to get him out there. You know, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to weekend at Bernie's Joe Burrow out there, man. Like <laughs> chicken broth and a uh, little blue pill, you think? <laughs> something. He's beat up, man. And uh, and the Chiefs' defense, you know, they're they're going to get to them, and it's going to be a deciding factor. I, I think I agree that the Bengals can keep up. Seven is a tough line. I do think that the Chiefs cover, um, because I think that they'll beat them by more than seven. That's how you cover a seven point line. But you know, there'll be some moments. There'll be some moments like, oh wow, the Bengals did this, Bengals did that. But in the end, they're not going to be able to keep up. Chiefs pull away, get a, a you know cruise to the Super Bowl. Mad Money Mike, let me quit playing devil's advocate and just say that I love the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. I think they've got a bright future, particularly once they patch that Swiss cheese of an offensive line. But when it comes down to, like you said, making money, the the Chiefs at home with Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, they're like eight and one and six and two against the spread. I think that they win this game, and I think that for Joe Burrow. The only thing we can say to him is so let's ride (laughs) with the Chiefs at minus seven on Bovada and let's head into our second and Sunday nightcap of NFL Conference Championship weekend, the 49ers at the Rams. All right, so the Rams are three and a half point favorites at quote unquote home. The over-under is set at 14. No, I'm just kidding. It's set at 46. Mad Money Mike, (laughs) I say at home in quotes because there is no home field advantage for the Rams. They just played, like I said, in week 18 
versus the 49ers, where the 49ers, like I said, they won in overtime to make the playoffs. And this was a home game for the 49ers. Uh, Matt Stafford's wife, I think her name is Kelly Stafford, but that doesn't matter. She was on some other podcasts. Matt Stafford at home had to use the silent count, and Jimmy G did not. I mean, if that, first off, that's telling, like, dear Rant, like, paging Rams fans, like, where the hell are you guys? But I mean, that's huge. If if this is a home game and the books are moving the line up to three points, I don't think they move it a full three points anymore because of COVID and, you know, potentially not full stands. I, I think it's like more like a two point movement for the spread, but. Instead, you move it two points the other way. That's a four-point swing, and right now the line's at three and a half over that key number of three. That's a big deal. I heard that the Rams are only selling tickets to fans that have a credit card with a zip code in the Los Angeles area, which is LOL. And also, it is just a funny note or an interesting note. The Super Bowl is also going to be at SoFi Stadium. So with those things being said, Mad Money Mike, I hate to do this. But when I talked a little bit earlier about how Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number, I match up two things, coaching, and I match up two – I compare two things, quarterbacks. And when I look at coaching, I think they're both excellent coaches. But in this matchup, Kyle Shanahan, he just somehow knows and is better than Sean McVay. So the, in my mind, the lean goes to the 49ers. We talked about the lack of home field advantage how and how particularly when it comes down to the spread – it's almost like not necessarily a misnomer, but it's the opposite. So I'm going to go lean 49ers. And then you look at the quarterbacks, Jimmy G versus Matt Stafford. Listen, Matt Stafford, I do think he is a great quarterback. However, that intensity and that sixth gear, that killer instinct in the playoffs, I don't think he has it or I need to see it. I feel like he is more prone to breaking down instead of stepping up. Now. That being said, Jimmy G is no better. I think he's just the same. But the fact that the 49ers are winning already in spite of Jimmy G also leaves me with nothing but upside. So the quarterbacks, I'm going to say, are Wash or it, it normally would be Matt Stafford. But because of the stage, I feel like that both brings him down to a little bit undesirable. So with all that being said, Mad Money Mike, in this lightning round, sudden death round, which I just uh, talked about for a very long time. But needless to say, give me the 49ers with the three and a half points. Mad Money Mike, I know you're about to take the Rams here, but I want you to remember Matt Stafford. You poo-poo on him so hard. Are you sure? you going to argue with me? Are you sure? <laughs> Big Bet Brent, I hate to uh, you know, I hate to do this, and I know our lower no. listeners are going to be disappointed, but – we're we're we will not be taking any bets to the tracker this weekend, man. Like I am also on the 49ers. I just Whoa. I, I, yeah, I just I think that I think that well, first of all, you know, let's just go back to the first thing that we talked about, the you know, the fans and the fan noise in the in the stadium and, and that whole thing. You're talking about the 49ers, man. You're talking about Joe Montana, you're talking about Jerry Rice, you're talking about a, a storied franchise, you're talking about a fan base that goes deep. Grandparents, fathers, kids, multi-generational. With the Rams, nobody even knows what team they used to be. They're just like bouncing around. They're just like a, they're just like a, like a, you know, they're like the the homeless bum version of a football team. Like you know, they're like a nomad. Like, I don't even know where they came from. So you know, they obviously, you know, there's no comparison in terms of like the fan base and the enthusiasm. You know, the 49ers have them absolutely crushed in that department. 
evidenced by what you were talking about, about how, you know, Stafford had to go the silent count and Jimmy G didn't and, and that kind of thing. So they've got him crushed in that department. That's for sure. And then obviously getting to the quarterback situation, Matt Stafford could just everything that you said, man, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to repeat our loyal listeners. Are gonna be like, Oh, I just heard this because I'm going to say everything that you just said. He's a guy who breaks down. He doesn't, you know, he's not going to gain steam. He's going to break down. We just saw it last week in the Bucks game. Hello, paging Matt Stafford. Did you want to play the second half or did you just want to let the Bucks win? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm going to go, oh, but he had that bomb to Cooper Cup. Like, oh, okay, that's that doesn't have anything to do with him or whatever. He just chucks the ball in the air. Someone else catches it and the Bucks don't defend it. That doesn't have anything to do with it. I could have just thrown a ball up in the air. All right. He's not good, man. He's good, but he's just not good, you know? Jimmy G, on the other hand, I think that despite the way that things went in Green Bay, obviously the weather was absolutely atrocious. It was like crazy weather. You know, the California boy is not going to have to deal with that again. He's going to be back in California. He's going to feel much more at ease. He's going to know he's got the home crowd. He's going to be bolstered by that. And he was throwing darts in that game. There was a lot of drop passes, probably attributed to the weather. You know, and those th- those receivers, they're not going to drop those passes again. Also, you get Sanu off the IR. He's a he's a real deal, big bodied receiver. That's a big difference. They they play they do a lot of gadget plays like the you know the the you know the Ayuk type runs and the uh, um, you know the uh, uh, Debo Samuel type runs. You know they do a lot of creative things on offense. They've got big time playmakers, and obviously we saw what their defense can do. I I honestly think that like the Rams are playing from behind at some point in this game. You know the one thing that makes me nervous about the line is a situation where they're down by three at the end and they score a touchdown and they win by four on some Cooper cup bomb type thing. That That's what would worry me, but this is a gun to the head segment. I'm not trying to die here. Big bet Brent. I'm taking the 49ers plus three and a half. Hey, uh, the old Tom excellent. Brady prodigy, Jimmy G finally makes it to the super bowl. Tip of the cat. Oh, uh, excellent. I love it. This has to be our first ever uh, podcast where we have nothing in the tracker. And I'm like, furiously typing trying to find some props or something for us to get <laughs> we'll into figure it out. hey we'll figure Tracker. it out and we'll tweet them we'll figure it out and we'll tweet them for sure all right well that is gonna cover nfl conversation which we get mad money we already poured one out for big ben we've only got five beers left in this six pack this hypothetical th- six pack we've only got three nfl games left i see the end mad money mike and after don't this it. last don't excellent no. week, you're not supposed to talk about it <sighs> no, don't talk about the end, man. The end's not here until the end's here. You never know. They might extend the season. You know, they might do like a second second round of playoff games or something. You never know. So let's just hold out hope that there's more oh. than just three games left. Chiefs Bills. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the we'll seven. The, hey, let's yeah, just yeah, like a, keep like a, a pay per view like thing. Like when when Phil and Tiger do like their pay per view thing, might just do like a special oh. pay per view Chief first Bills. How about that? Excellent. Oh, I'd hold be out hope. That. Hold out hope. Absolutely. Take my money. We w- we are about to do a uh, – we're going to do a one-minute-long moment of silence, Mad Money Mike. But our loyal listeners, you're only going to hear a second and a half because we cut out any long pauses. So, Mad Money Mike, one-minute-long moment of silence. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's head into our It's a Lock signature segment. Mad Money Mike, let's get to the soundbite. Okay. I'll tell you what. 
I'll bet you the next three people I ask, two of them will say that it looks like sugar rush. How much? Hundred dollars? Two hundred dollars? Thousand? Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. All right. So I'm going to start it off. I'm on a two-game slide, and we've only got two weeks left, so uh, it's 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 getting dicey. I am 10-9 and nine on the season. And Mad Money Mike, I am taking the Chiefs' seven-point favorites at home versus the Bengals this Sunday. I'm not betting against Pat Mahomes. I'm not betting against the Big Tomato. I'm not betting against that Arrowhead Kansas City crowd who – Joe Burrow just like poked the bear. He just said, Ugh, maybe as loud as a SEC championship game. I'm uh I'm not betting against that, Mad Money Mike. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean what that's obviously that's that's the pick. I mean, well, there's only two games, you know. So like when you're looking at all of the various lines, you know, that's that's the pick. I mean, how can I really how can I take anything else in the lock of the week segment? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to disappoint our loyal listeners, and I'm gonna have to make the same pick. Chiefs minus seven. Definitely want to, uh, you know, make sure that you're all, you know, following us on Twitter. It's Lock Podcast because we're gonna tweet out some bets. We're gonna find some props. There's always, always extra juicy props once we get in the championship weekend. Obviously, the Super Bowl. We'll cover that next week. Uh, Super Bowl is always super fun for props, but they really do start with the championship week as well. There's gonna be some great props, so we're gonna tweet out some more locks. But for this segment, Chiefs minus seven to the bank. Ayo. Mad Money Mike, are you saying that we, our loyal listeners and me, can count on a tweet of another massive bet this weekend? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Are you kidding me? I'm, oh. I'm a degenerate. I'm a degenerate through and through, man. I'm going to come up. Uh, I'm going to come up with something juicy for everybody out there. For Stay our tuned. loyal listeners that are not following us on Twitter and there should be a lot of you if, if, if the numbers I've seen are real. Man, Money Mike, what was your bet last week? Okay, well, I'm a man of my word. So I took, uh, I took the Packers minus nine and a half. They were going to win by 10, which they could have, the way that Jimmy G played and the way they it all should went down. Have. They could have. They should easily. have. Everything that went down in the first half, they should, they should have gone into halftime somewhere around like 28 to 7 or 28 to 3, I think. It's unbelievable just the way that that game went down. That was just completely absurd. Tinfoil hat time. So obviously I took a turn on that one, but I did take the Rams money line at plus one thirty. So kudos to you me. Called it. Yeah. I get I at least get the gold star on that one. I should have split that up into two different bets, but just to make it juicy, just to get everybody amped, I parlayed it for fun. Rogers just like just turded me out of it, but. Uh, but there will be another juice. There will be some more juice. So stay tuned. It's going to be spicy, and it's coming. I mean, this to is public you. knowledge, right? Like you bet five hundred dollars, and you 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 got like four to one or five to one, and you were one Aaron Rodgers breakdown away from being like three thousand dollars to the richer. Had money, Mike. I mean that, that you really were on to been. it. Yeah, that should have been. I just can't. I, I'm I'm too salty, Big Bear Brent. This the the wound is still open. It hurts too much. It's totally ridiculous. But yes, that is that is what happened. Have you made it to like tier two support with the uh, Oregon lottery swindlers to try and get that money back? Or are you like hey, on there, the Green Bay Packers uh, support line? I'm actually, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got bigger fish that I would have to fry in order to get that refund. Oregon lottery swindlers is no more. They have sold out to DraftKings. 
If you bet in the state of Oregon, you bet through DraftKings. So, swindlers, goodbye. Nice to know you. <laughs> I did want to ask, like, is the interface the same, or is it like now the, the DraftKings interface? Is it, oh, it's the same. No, 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 no. It, it's the same as DraftKings. It, it is DraftKings. It is DraftKings. Have you noticed a difference? Like, are there more bets? Is it sleeker? Is it better? There's like, more bets. We... It's sleeker. It's better. It's everything about it. It's awesome, dude. I was I was driving around in a '76 Pinto, and now I've now I'm cruising in a Ferrari, dude. It's like not even the same boat, man. It's awesome. Tip of the cap. Free pub to DraftKings. All right, we need to call these guys. They they need to sponsor us. We we gotta cut we gotta cut this out. Let's make it Absolutely. official. Let's tie the knot. All right. Let's head to Cheeto's anti bet. She's seven and twelve on the season. She did get last week right. She called the Bengals. I told her not to. And this week, she's taking the Bengals again. Mad money Mike. I told Damn. her, hey, it's not gonna happen twice. Lightning is not lightning, gonna strike. Lightning does twice. not strike twice. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's only ever struck right. once in the entire world. But anyway, she's taking Bengals plus seven at Kansas Spicy. City. Spicy. Really House snubbing us, you know, Yeah. Going, yeah, going directly against us. Told her not to. So um, it's not going to work out for it. Dear loyal listeners, I highly encourage you to stick with us. Yours truly, Big Bet Brent. And if you like money. money Mike, if you like money. If you like money. I mean, some people just don't like money. And, and they like, no, some people like to just that. burn it up, throw it away, whatever. That's fine. But if you like money, I recommend Chiefs minus seven. Yeah, some people like to burn money, rip rip up money. I don't know. You ever know anybody that ripped up a hundred dollar bill before? Oh, I bet on I don't the Packers. Like that. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, that's going to close out our lock of the week segment, and now our closeout segment: Diaper Dad Diaries. Mad Money Mike. I think I went first last week, so I'm gonna let you take us away. All right. Well, I've got a uh, a pretty pretty brief, but uh, but pretty cute uh, development that's been going on. Well, so first of all, I want to say um, that uh, my wife and her mother, also known as Grammy, also known as our nanny, uh, they left and went and met uh, uh, another family member in California for a girls getaway weekend. And I did 78 straight hours of solo dad. And let me tell you, let me tell you, like the older they get, it gets tough man it gets tough like doing solo dad with a 16 month old i mean it's like because you're you're no longer watching a baby you're you know you're engaged with a person you know like i'm in a i'm in an engaged thing with a person and it just so happens that that person is irrational and basically a psychopath and so you know like i don't know like how do you even describe like toddler behavior i don't know like they're they're you know it's like insane so that was quite an adventure uh so I mean, that really in itself could be the diaper dad diary that I survived. Everybody survived. Everything went, you know, everything went well. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, but one thing that has been happening like over just like the last three nights that I thought was uh, super cute is that um, when my daughter is going to bed, like when she like when we're putting her down for naps, like she was like falling like right asleep. And then like now all of a sudden, for some reason, she's not going to sleep and she's just like rattling through all the words she knows so like she's just Aww. like laying there and she's like mama you know mama dada birds ball like she's like saying like all like she's just like she's just like i don't know she's got like a like i don't know like a like a list of all the words she knows in her head and she's just like rattling through them like before she falls asleep it's just, it's like the funniest thing to listen to you know because like we've got the the monitor with the you know the microphone and stuff and we're just like cracking up and it's just like the funniest thing ever man 
And so she like rattles through her words for like, you know, five, 10 minutes. And she just like drifts off to sleep. It's one of the cutest things I've ever seen in my life, man. Like real heart melter. This, uh, this parenting thing's getting pretty good, man. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. The old cup is, uh, is getting filled up in a way that it, it, that it, that it wasn't before, man. I mean, it's always been, it's always been cool, but with each passing day, it's getting, uh, it's getting cooler, man. So yeah, cute little tidbit there. And that's the old diaper dad diary for me, man. Oh man, that is precious, dude. That is so freaking awesome yeah. here. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, over here, Cray, uh, Kramer and crayons. Uh, you know, he's, nice. he's still, he's rambunctious, man. Kramer, he, he's testing his limits and he, he doesn't know what he's doing. Well, he'll ask for snacks and then we'll give him a snack and he'll be like, no, 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 no. He'll be like, water, water, water. And I'll say, no, 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 no. And this Diaper Dad Diary is, oh, we've been giving him some ice cream. And, you know, ice cream, right? Like, who doesn't love ice cream? It's the best thing ever. It's dessert. It's sweet. It's, you know, you can get savory as well. It's just, it's, it's creamy. It's delicious. So we give him some ice cream and he's an enigma. He's got crayons. He loves putting crayons in his mouth. And so he's eating his ice cream in his little cone, his little tiny scoop of ice cream in his little tiny cone, and he's got his crayons, and he eats his crayons and does not eat his ice cream. Like, <laughs> son, what are you doing? Like, what in God's cream? The crayon is not even food. It doesn't even taste good. Like, I'm sure they make these crayons taste bad so kids don't do that, but he's eating his crayons. He's not eating his ice cream. And then I'm over here eating my ice cream just like, you know, talking to him like hey stop like what are you doing eat the ice cream he comes over to me drops a crayon in my ice cream it's like whoa 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 like don't try and try drag me down yeah <laughs> like what do you think you're doing son like i'm not eating crayons so that was funny um also the other day kramer and jack played fetch together and jack whoa. won't even play fetch with me like i throw a ball jack's like haha nice try but jack would br- bring bring uh, brung whatever the past tense is. He brang it, brung it, whatever the hell he did. Over to I think Kramer. He brought it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting late, guys. It's getting late. Somebody was late to the pod, so we got a late start. But uh, anyway, he brought it over to Kramer, dropped it. Kramer throws it. Jack goes and gets it, and it takes a little, you know, hey, come on, little, uh, you know, little begging. But eventually, they they did fetch back and forth like four or five times. It was freaking so cute to watch. Also, that lastly, awesome. um, he's starting to repeat everything we say. So one time just at dinner, I randomly said, like, how about that? And he's like, how about that? He said, nah, he stop <laughs> saying, how about that? And now nice. any, anytime I say Jack's a good boy, he says Jack's a dough boy because he can't really pronounce things well. So oh, that's man, uh, that is so awesome. Rap, rapid fire diaper dad diary. So it's been uh, it's been a hoot over here as well. Bad money, Mike. That's so good, man. I mean, that's just just doesn't get any better, man. I'm definitely picking up on. The older they get, it's like, you know, there were times in the past where I was like, ah, you know, kind of the same old, same old, you know, the diaper dad diaries. Like we were like looking for stuff to come up with, but the older they get, it's definitely like a rapid fire, like, oh, and this, oh, and this, and oh, and this, like it's happening fast, man. It's, uh, it's good stuff, man. I, uh, I hope we can get these kids together sometime sooner than later, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that is going to wrap up season two, episode number 27. Like I said, casting on Thursday, so we're not going to split it up this week. This is all coming at you at once. Um, one thing, last thing before closeout, this is our one-year pod anniversary. We're doing a Super Bowl $50 giveaway. Just guess the final score, win or loser. You don't have to pick the team. Just guess the final score. Closest one's going to come away with $50. You have to include a nickname, a funny nickname like Big Big Brent. 
um, or Mad Money Mike or Money Mac if you're Evan McPherson in the email address because that's going to be the tiebreaker. Shoot that to us. It's a lock podcast at gmail.com. Of course, you got our Twitter at It's a Lock Podcast. Mad Money Mike, how do you want to close out season two, episode 27? The way that we always do it, man, by saying, I appreciate you. I appreciate our loyal listeners. It does not get any better than this, my man. We've got championship football on Sunday. Tippy top of awesomeness. I cannot wait. I can't wait for the games. Keep, make sure we're looking on Twitter. We're going we're gonna to tweet out some bets. And uh, can't wait to do it again with you next week, my man. Excellent. Great pod. Great to see you. Of course, Mad Money Mike. Dear loyal listeners, that is going to close out Season 2, Episode 27 of It's a Lock Podcast. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.